a lot of times there is a label issue. Yeah. And I know even for me, like I have glaucoma, but if I get too caught up in that, then I just have like, then there is no offering for me to get healing if I just solid it out. Like, oh, I've got coma instead of being like, you know, my eye experiencing pressure, it kind of gives me freedom. And I think a mm -hmm. lot of different illnesses, when you start to not claim it as who you are, and maybe it's just some condition you're riding through, then it opens up a lot to you. Um, your mind might be open to it, but I mean on a physical level, and like you were saying with that victim, like, oh, I just have this and this is what it is and this is the mm. only treatments, you start to say, wait a minute, this this isn't all feeling right and this doesn't, there's another way to look at it. So, wow, that's really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I, the label thing I still struggle with because being in the industry, I do say, you know, I have narcolepsy, even though I don't really struggle with it anymore, in order to connect with the people that I want to connect with and let them know like, hey, I have been where you are. I have narcolepsy. Sometimes I catch myself saying my narcolepsy. And that's something that's very recent that one of my um, alternative massage people that I uh, go to, <laughs> um, he was saying he noticed that during the session, I was saying like my acid reflux or like my back, my back, whatever, my stress, you know, like saying these, claiming it as mine. And I was like, that's a really good point. I do still get caught up sometimes on that identity part of I identified with my narcolepsy for 10 plus years and my pain and my depression and all of these things. And now if I catch myself, I switch that narrative to the depression, like it exists outside of me mm -hmm. or you know, whatever the situation I've gone through, lots of different <laughs> symptoms of trauma and you know, pain and chronic illness. So just shifting that wording is, mm -hmm. it can be fantastic for your brain to stop identifying with that symptom. No, I really think like that's a transforming conversation we're having right now because it really does put it as, you know, not claiming it as yours or making it an expression for a moment or considering you're going through something is different than mm -hmm. having something and claiming it and calling it in with our words. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, that was an aha moment. Like, oh, yeah, we all do that. This is natural. But to be aware, I think, is a lot of key to healing, which I'm sure you've run into in supporting people is, you know, all pieces come together and our words create. So if we can sometimes shift the smallest thing, we really open freedom in health. Mm, yeah. Cool. And I was just going to mention, so is narcolepsy like part of the brain? Because you said you're a mushroom medicine guide. I know mushrooms are really powerful for the neurons and their, our brain functions, but I know not, well, I'm sure all mushrooms are, but the non-psychedelic the non ones are really good for your brain. I don't know if the psychedelic ones are good for your brain. I'm sure they are, but yeah, is there like something connected with that, I guess? So 
there's zero research being done on narcolepsy and mushrooms. There is a little bit being done on psychedelic mushrooms with chronic pain um, because, so backtrack to narcolepsy is basically brain damage and it's really impossible to trace it back to what it could have been um, throughout my research and my own intuitive, like listening to my body and connecting timelines and all different things. I traced it back to, to the two possibilities. Um, right around the age, my symptoms started like really rearing its neck was um, I got a vaccine the Gardasil shot, which um, has a lot of history and records of causing different types of illnesses in, in the young girls that were getting it around that time. Um, also having mono, which was something like a lot of people had when we were middle school age, um, that virus can actually trigger an underlying you know, something in my genes or DNA that was just laying dormant. So vaccines can do that and viruses can do that. Um, we've, you know, we've seen that with like Corona, not going to get too far into that, but we've seen Corona triggering things in people. Um, so mono could have been the, op the, the trigger for me, um, or that vaccine. And there's never, I'm never going to know what it was and that's totally fine. I've, I've made peace with that, but, um, what it did was trigger my body's autoimmune response to kill the um, orexin in my brain, which is um, it's, a, it's a hormone or a protein, I'm, I'm not too sure, honestly, um, that regulates your sleep-wake cycle. So kills that part of the brain essentially. And there's no regeneration of that part of your brain. So that's why they say, you know, it's a forever thing. You're never going to get better. There's no cure. Um, but <laughs> getting into the mushroom stuff, when you take a psychedelic mushroom, it actually works with your chemical receptors and opens up new neural pathways. So someone who is struggling with chronic pain or addiction, PTSD, any of the above, um, it's their brain is speaking to itself. <laughs> you know, the, the receptors are speaking to each other in the brain, basically on a routine. Like they're taking the same path home every day. Mm -hmm. When you take a psychedelic mushroom, it opens those receptors up to, I don't know, 50 or a hundred or however many new routes to get home. So it's curing addiction. It's helping people with chronic pain because those receptors are no longer turned on. There's new pathways to get around those pain receptors. Um, still learning a lot constantly, even though I've been studying it for like three years, there's constant information coming out. Um, for different types of mental illnesses. Uh, the chronic pain is a big one they're studying right now. Um, it's been proven for years at this point to pretty much cure certain addictions in people, treatment resistant depression, anxiety, stuff like that. 
That is really um, cool. Now I've heard, is it microdosing? Because I have friends who have like HD. ADHD? Yeah, um, my one girlfriend's husband and she was doing microdosing to support that. What a great explanation because I never really understood what the healing component of mushrooms were, but that may, it's like so simple and so clear. <laughs> Just new pathways, you know? And that's simple enough to make sense that because we're in loops, we all know that we do it in our minds, bodies, emotions. Psychosis. <laughs> so thank you for that explanation. Is that microdosing then or? Uh, so what I'm talking about with the mushroom medicine is microdosing, um, typically taking less than half a gram of it doesn't really matter what strain. Um, I have my preference and I use capsules, but you, know, you can, however you administer it is up to you. I've just found that works best for me because it's like taking a vitamin, just pop it in. And I don't even really notice what's going on <laughs> in my brain. Um, until, you know, a couple hours later, I'm like, I'm having an exceptionally good day today. <laughs> um, so the long-term effects of microdosing, are what's currently being studied and you know, hopefully, and what it looks like in the next couple of years will be um, more legalized, legal-ish <laughs> in whatever sense, you know, the FDA decides to approve things. Um, so larger doses of any type of psychedelic, but specifically mushrooms can have amazing healing effects. Um, it triggers the brain in the same way with those neural pathways, but what you have to also include in a larger dose of a journey is that trip sensation. So you know, you typically you have some mind blowing trip. You have an epiphany of like, Oh, I need to stop smoking cigarettes or eat healthier or, you know, love people more, which is great. <laughs> I think everyone should dabble if you know they feel called to it but microdosing is it's like taking a vitamin it's working in your body somewhere but you don't really feel it so you can go to work you can drive a car you can take care of your kids it's happening in your brain without the psychoactive effects um, like hallucinations or tripping the, you know, all the colors and things start to move <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done any type of psychedelic, but that's typically what happens in a larger dose and it does not happen in a microdose. The episode isn't quite over yet, listeners. Or YouTubers. If you haven't given us a like, subscribed, left us a review or commented on any platform, we would really appreciate you showing us some love here at the Magical Holistic Healing Arts. And remember, hang in water and our grab bag for the podcast. Thanks so much for listening and stay vibrant out there.